five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Good evening. We are back again. We are the People Movers, and we are here to talk about many things. Sad things like California announcing the ban of gas vehicles by 2035, Toyota debuting their hypercar right before Le Mans to steal the show, Volvo saying, we got the Polestar for your V60, and Lucid throwing a third motor in there. But first, the most important question, Jason, how was your day? Oh, it was wonderful. Happy to be here. How are you today, Brad? I'm fantastic. I mean, right out the gate, big one, California, our home. Oh. I, I mean, I, I don't live there anymore, but California will always be home to me. But man, announcing like Germany, a lot of EU places, no more gasoline cars, no more combustion engines in t- by 2035. That's, yeah, that's what know. they say. And, you know, obviously there's so many questions out as to what that means, you right. know, and uh, look, you know, whether, whatever your position is, that's going to happen at some point anyway. So it looks like there's just a date on it now right. in California. Well, it needs um, to happen. I, I say, and we say, I believe, I don't know if I speak for both, but I believe I speak for both. It needs to happen. I mean, it's got to happen. Yeah. So, it, yeah, I, I feel like it's the first step towards, you know, some meaningful change there. So, um, however, it, it does leave a lot of questions and selfishly me and Brian, we're talking about what does that mean for the used market? Mm, and, yeah. What you does know, because they're saying basically they're not going to ban vehicles that are in the state already. It'll be no. the sale of new gas vehicles. So grandfathered in everything before. So that left the question for us. Do you start gobbling things up, you know, or do you adapt with change? What do you do? What do you do? And also oh. what things are going to go? You think things are crazy now. You think E30s and, you know, the market on JDM specialties and stuff like that is nuts now. You wait. I can't yeah. wait to see that. Buy, buy your Mark IV right now because <laughs> oh, yeah. one registered in California is going to be worth a fortune. Oh, yeah, flat out. But either way, I mean, I think there'll be a lot of, you know, good, like we talked about. The technology evolves so quick. So before we know it, we'll have things that are ferociously fast, like some of the things we've talked about, like the Lucid Air and, you know, the new Tesla Plaid, uh, you know, and all that kind of stuff. That stuff's going to become more common, you know, as this goes on. So by that time, I don't know if you'll be missing it for speed, you know, even by that time, I really don't think you'll be able to contend speed-wise fully. I mean, most things now are electrically assisted. Well, I think it'll probably be like the Model T is to, you know, modern cars you know i think it'll be such a gap in performance um but the other thing it made me think too was you know if they what if they were able to design an electric car that had all that modern stuff that sort of looked like a car from the past yeah i know and we've talked about this we we talked about it the other day so let's just say it gets to the point like phones now like not that you would have an off-brand phone particularly most people have their iphone and their android but you can get the equivalent cameras and all these running systems, you know, the processors in these, you know, smaller names you've never heard of. So let's just say it gets to that point and you can buy a 993 Turbo S looking car, you know, but it, you know, it only costs you 35 grand, but it makes 800 electric horsepower or whatever. I'm having a tough time saying no to things like that crazy possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen. But no, I agree. Well, uh, but I thought the same thing, Brian. Like that was the f- exact same place my f- mind went. I said, "Well, if Porsche made a car that looked like a classic 911, but went like a modern electric car and had yeah. a price tag that was anywhere in the close it, uh, to affordable price right. you know, bracket, 
I'd be in all day long. Well, and we were also being realistic and saying, you know, kind of the battery life thing. Like, let's just say, you know, like most things, it progresses in the right direction. Tell me you're not going to love it when things get a thousand miles per charge, you know, right. or things like that. You know, you don't, most people don't use that or even come close. So you wouldn't be even, you know, coming close to filling up or even charging daily or anything like that. So those kind of things I think will open people's eyes or interest. And then as the price comes down and the relevant, you know, things like that. But you and I are the same. If you, someone gets that great idea, like a lot of these companies, I mean, the Bronco designers clearly looked at the aftermarket of these Broncos being resto modded with, you know, electric drivetrains and all this. They're leaving the bodies alone. They're not doing anything. Once we see stuff like that, dude, I'm in. I'm totally in. Well, we recently touched on the show, too, about how one of our most desired segments of electric vehicles is kind of the affordable, every man, the blue collar you know, perform the Mustang crowd, if you will, is what we referenced. Um, so we would like to see some performance vehicles in that category that are, you know, affordable. And I feel like this type of legislation does make that kind of happen a little, maybe a sooner instead of all these automakers going after that premium Tesla Model S yeah. type bracket. So, you know, some good could, could come out of that for too six as an enthusiast. Yeah, not shooting for six figures but keeping it somewhere in the you know realm of affordable sports car. And that's the thing. I As much as immediately when we saw this a couple of years ago with Europe and stuff, there was like a punch in the gut of like, oh, these things we love are going to go. I don't feel that way weirdly enough right now because I can say, hey, embarrassingly so, we've gotten old enough to where I start to like and appreciate things I never thought I would. So by the time this rolls around, I know where I'll be age-wise, so I don't see myself kicking and screaming. I really don't. I see myself fondly looking back like people probably did when the horse was obsolete as far as a mode of transportation or normal mode of transportation. Pretty much think I'm just going to have a couple tears in my eyes and think of all the good times. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think there's plenty of good times ahead with oh, yeah. the electrics too. I mean, they're going to be blistering oh, fast. Yeah. And well, and yeah, that tear your face off speed and the tech that can come with it and everything else. I mean, it's just going to be that new era. And I think that would be cool to have lived through that. Honestly, we saw, you know, the internal combustion engine not only go from a beyond like heroic, exciting time of racing and development and what you could actually buy for the street, but seeing the swan song of something is almost as important, if not more important than seeing the beginning of something. Well, we are sort of, I think, seeing the end at the same time as we're seeing the beginning of another chapter. I do think it's a really exciting time. And we're going to touch on something later, you know, regarding that. But it is an exciting time with that up and coming technology because you have manufacturers going to head to head in a way that they don't seem to have, you know, for, you know, a handful of years now. Yeah, it's exciting so. to them again. There's, in my opinion, you know, there's a, a bigger carrot to chase because it's newer and shinier. Well, and it's groundbreaking technology at this point. I mean, you know, if the new AMG has 600 horsepower, yeah, that might be impressive, but it's not going to be groundbreaking in the automotive world. No. You know what I'm saying? No, but it's not going to be improved, a game changer. Yeah, exactly. But an improved battery life it would be. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Improved battery life. And like we talked about, like, you know, at a certain point, you know, old school phones and stuff like that, you could leave them off the charger for days on end and you never know how they'll improve or like we talked about the other day. Um, I was saying that, you know, how mind blowing it was when wireless charging came out, you know, for us, where it's like, oh, you just lay your phone on a pad and it charges. You never know what's possible. That's going to fry your brain. We were talking like parking spots that would charge your car, you know, like you just park like anywhere and it just parks your and charge your car. So you don't have to plug it in, all that kind of stuff. 
coupled with the speed and the affordability and the eco-friendliness of it, I think will be a positive thing. And, you know, I think it will change the soundtrack of the things we love, but maybe not the feels, you know. Well, I think there's hope, so... Well, that's good. Well, I mean, at least there's that. My brother believes there's hope. I believe there's hope. Um, Moving on to another hopeful thing. We love homologation cars. We love homologation cars because homologation cars are basically someone being forced to make something raw and exciting for the road. So there's really no better formula for these cars. Now, I mean, I guess there could be a better one if they were more affordable and more people could buy them. But... Toyota stole the show before and after Le Mans, Jason. And how did they do that, huh? Well, they have um, a new car that's coming out that's based on the TSO 50 hybrid, which is, you know, it is the Le Mans winning, you know, Toyota from 2018, 2019. Um, And this thing sounds like an absolute animal. I mean... In the world of bonkers supercars, this kind of reminds me of that new Aston Martin. The, exactly what I thought. It looks like a Valkyrie. The second I saw it, it looked like a baby Valkyrie. Um, and then it also reminded me of the Mercedes, the AMG GT1. It did kind of F1 bit, inspired. Yeah. Because, I mean, when you look at the car, it's basically a endurance car. It uses yeah. the chassis from the hybrid, uh, the Le Mans winning hybrid. It's a 2.4 liter direct injected V6 with a host of electric motors and it's making right around a thousand horsepower and yep. i mean you know, it's, it's all it's, the crazy seems numbers. like it's an i'm sorry oh no go on i was just saying oh, I was say it seems like it's an lmp1 car for the road that's basically what they're saying it is it's you know it's all the crazy numbers you know it is a twin turbo v6 but they're saying it's combined with electric motor it's going to make 986 horsepower 2.50 to 60 which is funny that i can't believe i'm reading that number and in my head that sounds normal or like <laughs> slow not slow yeah. but like when a c8 corvette does like 2.7s you know and stuff i'm yeah. like because yeah. they want three million dollars for it i'm not leaving that out they want three million dollars for it wow. so that's why i'm saying that i'm not just being a jerk i'm just saying um they, they sold it it will do 124 miles per hour in less than seven seconds that's that's pretty blistering i just love that i'm looking at this and i'm thinking back to like not that long ago when like a veyron with 900 and you know 83 horsepower whatever it was the first iteration of it people were just mystified by it and now we've got a 2.4 liter hybrid v6 toyota gonna cost you three times as much as the original veyron that's crazy the world we live in this is nuts they're saying it's going to be coming out in 2022 jason Mm. Well, it does have a lot of pedigree. I mean, oh, you yeah. know, absolutely, as homologation cars do, this one's already a proven winner, so that's pretty important. Yeah. But um, it made me ask the question, Brian, of, you know, the lifespan of modern hypercars and their relevance. I mean, when Sad. we were kids, the Countach was the daddy yeah, for right. years. Well, and then we fast forward to, like, the real, you know, king daddy of our lifetime, of our, you know, younger lifetime, the F1. The McLaren F1 LM was on, you know, the throne for 20 years almost. I mean, it was... Untouchable yeah, it was for untouchable. a good solid 10 years of nothing could even come close to this. And not only was it untouchable in, like, the top speed category, it was just the whole allure of it. The motor, the gold-plated engine, the center seat, the whole thing was the daddy for almost two really? decades. And then even then when the Veyron came out, that was what was funny. The Veyron was faster. 
it wasn't any more emotionally moving or inspiring by any stretch. It, well, in my I think opinion. in a lot of ways, it was the opposite. Of yeah. That, you know, because it was all wheel drive. Yeah. It was an automated gearbox. Very comfortable those... interior that you could yeah. hear your person next to you and have a conversation. You didn't have to wear headphones. and. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. So it, but it really made me ask that question of, you know, hypercars now, they're, their lifespan is like that of a cell phone or a computer. It seems like it it's seems sad. like every week there's a new F one inspired or yeah. world endurance car inspired. I mean, it's incredible. the new tech coupled with the new tech. I mean, we talk about it. The generation that we talk about is the saddest because it faded. Like we talked about, this is the first wave where we looked at each other and said, we just went, wow. Like why? Like that's so special. And we're talking to like, the legendary Holy Trinity of the time, the Ferrari LaFerrari, the Porsche 918, and then the McLaren P1, world-beating hypercars. True, cut above everything else, minus Koenigsegg, you know, and stuff like that, in my opinion, Koenigsegg, and that's about the only name I can pull out. But those were the three. I mean, they just beat everything, and I was like, well, what would you have if you had the money to spend on those three? You could have set a stopwatch, and I believe we're talking 12 to 18 months. 12 to 18 yeah. months before those were just you know, statistically, and we're not talking looks, we're not talking worth, we're not talking anything except for statistics and speed where they weren't obsolete, but there were things that could smack them in the face and that cost less money. And right. then many now more down the line. And now there's things that are just fully separated themselves by a ways. Well, and even when you just brought up the, that trio right there just now, they almost sound dated now i hate i know that I sounds really it. weird it is bonkers because you see them and they still like move the heck out of you and you know what they can do but like realistically you know you can name 15 cars off the top of your head that would give it to them or anything like that that's crazy yeah. to me because those in my opinion outside of the veyron stuff like that kind of was the generation that really cemented hypercar you know, yeah. like supercars to that point, you know, and there was all these limited things. And then the Veyron, like I said, really pushed that envelope. But those three were the ones where it was like, oh, now companies are making a different tier of car. They're making yeah, a Yeah, it was like another car. rung of car. Beyond. Yeah. Where like a million dollars was nothing to even balk at anymore after that. Mm -hmm. You know, at that point, it was still a million dollars for a LaFerrari. It was like 1.1. A P1 was a million. A 918 was like 897,000 or whatever. That's wild to me that those reset the market and then the market reset itself in 12 months, 18 months. Mm -hmm. And now we were talking about a $3 million endurance car based yeah. Toyota. I mean, coming out that's I mean, given bonkers, the, you know? this Toyota though, like we said, it'll have pedigree. It's going to be a multi-time, you know, 24 hour Le Mans winner at that point. It's three time at that point. Um, and then they're only claiming they're going to make 20. They only have to make 20, you know? So who knows? I mean, they'll sell them out. I mean, they'll do it. I just, oh, absolutely. I don't know, man. That's so weird to me that things can become things like a P one and a nine one eight and stuff like that can become forgettable in the span of a year. As far as relevance, like King relevance. Well, I, I feel weird using the term, but they aged out like extremely fast, I guess is what we're saying. And well, that's, yeah, not like looks or like, would you want it? But like just realistic, like we talked about, you know, there were certain cars that were on the top of the heap. For not only years for so long yeah yeah but decades you know they they got a year that's wild to me i mean that is beyond wild to both of us but moving on from that um because we could harp on that conversation honestly the rest of the night we have something <laughs> much different than a three million dollar hypercar and it's something i'd much be more excited about and if i had three million dollars i'd probably drive one of these still 
Um, let's see here. We got the Volvo 2020 Volvo V60 Polestar engineered. They Polestar engineered, not just Polestar. It's engineered by Polestar. I have to let you know that. Um, but it's very exciting for those people like you, my brother and I, that really, really find themselves in a bind of being a loyal person that prays at the altar of speed, but then also as a family and duties in life that call to you that don't really necessitate speed, but you got to have both. You need a fast wagon. But basically, if you live in the U.S., you have the E63 from Mercedes, the RS6 from Audi, and not much else, Jason. So Volvo gives us a happy middle ground at $69,000. What do you think of this thing? Uh, this thing is uh, this is the perfect car, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds so old, man. The perfect car is a Volvo wagon. No, I, I just feel like they nailed it from Audi. the styling to the performance. You know, they didn't go overboard with the performance, which is... You know, we love a bit of overboard. Let's be honest. That's Very one of our favorite things that people go overboard on is power. But this that also drives up the price significantly, as Very everybody much. knows. You know, so you look at this $70,000 realistically, and this thing is a stunner. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like muscular, like, you know, more than most Volvos. Has that classic subdued Volvo look, though, which they have probably some of my favorite design language by far, you know, going on right now. That front end Very just can't be touched. Um, but from front to back, there's no awkwardness to it. It just looks quite refined and quite butch. It has 415 horsepower, 495 pound-feet of torque because it's electronically assisted. It's a two-liter turbo. I mean, it has everything you'd want. It has a bonker stereo system, if that's your thing, 1,400 watts. It's got a fully adjustable all-in suspension. I mean, this thing is pretty perfect. I'm not going to lie. It's got Brembo brakes. I mean, oh. this thing is great. And the thing that I like most about it, though, is both the exterior and the interior. They didn't go down the yep. road of let's make it juvenile because it's a performance model. A hundred percent. That's, I think, what I like about it the most, Jason, is it's like restrained in the right ways, but it still screams special. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I just feel like, man, if you were in the market for that kind of premium SUV. Oh, yeah, dude. You're, man, you're forget missed. that and have this. Well, this let's put fantastic. it like this. The people we know, we talk about all the time, you know, they have like three row SUVs and you go, how many kids you got? They're like, we have one. Do you camp? Yeah. No. Do you have a boat? No. You know, for those people that really want to wake up and just be the coolest person on the block and spend similar money or sometimes less, dude, that's the winner. That's the daddy right there. Uh, I, I cannot disagree. I, we, uh, I think we've been fans of Volvo's styling language yeah. for a little while, you know, and I, I like the base V60 a lot. I think it's a oh, really yeah. handsome car anyway, but this kind of just takes it to another level. And I take that, know. I take that over li literally a scary amount of things. And weirdly enough, that's the same price as a new M3 or M4 real. Well, and so they're <laughs> not, well, they're not bringing, mind. they're not bringing the wagon to the U S we'll touch on that another time, but that is a great alternative. If you're in that market and you want a wagon, they're not bringing it to the U S there's your car, but we've only got, Dude, we've only got like a minute. Just read my mind. On that. Oh man. I'm so glad we think alike on that. But I mean, man, special car. We got one minute left really quick. Jason, tell me about the three motor lucid really quick before we get off here. All right, so the three-motor Lucid has been seen testing at Laguna Seca, of all yes. places. So they're claiming that it's because it's the home track of both manufacturers because they're based in California. But I do find it interesting that they're out showing identical laps on the same track that <laughs> Tesla was just bragging about laughing. Yeah. So, you know, that battle's heating up. But they're saying this thing is going to be 1,300 horsepower. They've confirmed low nines in the quarter mile at this point. 
Um, but the, the most interesting thing to me is that Lucid saying the car is only about 60% complete. Yeah, that is so, pretty interesting. They did have to add uh, wider fenders the first time they went out because it monstered the tires. I still think it's going to give the goods. I like what they're doing, but it is saying that the dream is going to be 160 grand where Tesla said the other day their plaid's going to be 144 options. What would you have really quickly, Jason, before we go? I'd have the new one. I'd have the Lucid. There we go. I think I would as well. And on that <laughs> note, we are the People Movers, and we appreciate you listening. We'll be back soon enough with many other things that will cost less than $3 million, but probably slightly more than the Volvo. You never know. But if you have anything, please look us up on Instagram. We are we are the People Movers. We will be simulcasting soon and reaching out in other ways. But until then, do the one thing we always recommend. Be good to each other, and we will see you soon.